Matthew 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough trouble for the day. The Word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds, may they be truly and utterly faithful to your word, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. And God, we pray that you would help us to seek you first in all our ways. Help us to see that you are enough. Cast out the worries that we have of life. And may we rely on you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Imagine your friend invites you to a party. You arrive and there's lots of people, decorations, food and drink. There's enough for everyone. When you're hosted by someone that generous, you don't have to worry about your needs. You can just enjoy yourself and focus on the people around you. Yeah, that's what a good host wants for her guests. And this is the picture of the world that we find in the Bible. Creation is an expression of God's generous love. He's the host and humans are his guests in a world of opportunity and abundance. And we're called to keep the party going, to spread his goodness. This is a beautiful picture, but... 
it's not the way people experience the world. Rather, we find a world of scarcity and struggle, not abundance. And Jesus grew up in that kind of world. Under military occupation, people losing their land or families to debt and poverty. And yet, he would say things like this. Look at the birds. They don't store up food for themselves, yet they have enough. Or consider the wildflowers. They're beautiful and abundant, and they don't stress about their existence. And you all should live that way, too. But surely Jesus knew that things don't always work out. I mean, sometimes there really isn't enough. And Jesus did experience poverty firsthand, but he viewed the world through the story of the Hebrew scriptures, which claimed that our scarcity problem isn't caused by a lack of resources. Rather, the problem is our mindset that God can't be trusted. Maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe there isn't enough, and maybe I need to take matters into my own hands. And once we're deceived into that mindset of scarcity, we can justify the impulse to take care of me and mine before anyone else. And that leads to envy, anger, violence, and a world where it seems like there's not enough. The party's over, it's turned into a battleground. But God wants humans to experience his generosity. And so he chooses one people, the family of Abraham. And he promises to give them the abundance that he wants for everybody else. God will provide what they need. All they have to do is trust his generosity. And through them, the whole world will see how generous the host really is. But that's not what happens. Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, enter a land of abundance, and they promptly forget the host who gave it to them. They act like it's all theirs, and like there's not enough. And it leads to war and Israel's self-destruction. If I were the host of this party, I think I'd just give up. But God doesn't give up. What he does is surprising. He gives another gift. Another gift? Yeah, but this gift is different. What God gives is himself. All right, and Jesus, the host himself, comes to join in on the spoiled party. And notice, Jesus lives with the conviction that there is enough and that our generous host can be trusted. His mindset of abundance allowed him to live sacrificially and generously even towards his enemies. And Jesus called his followers to trust in God's abundance like him. And that's why he said things like, sell your possessions and give to the poor, or don't worry about your life. He's inviting us to live by a different story, one that is built on trust in God's goodness and love. But living generously doesn't mean life is gonna go well. I mean, look at Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends and he suffered. And this was no surprise to Jesus. He knew that people would take advantage of his generosity. In fact, that was his plan. Really? Yeah, think about it. Jesus knows that we're all hopelessly deceived by this lie that there's not enough. Yeah, that lie needs to be defeated. And so that's what Jesus was doing when he gave us the gift of his life. Jesus' death was the ultimate expression of God's generous love. Yeah, God's love can turn death into life. And scarcity back into abundance. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, you know the gift of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, that even though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And Jesus called his followers to live like the real party has begun. Yes, he called it the kingdom of God. And our invitation to this party is yet another gift, the personal presence of God's own spirit that can teach us how to trust the generosity of the host, just like Jesus did. And when you believe there's enough, you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere. 
with our time and money, our attention. Yes, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because of our trust that God is the generous host. We live in two worlds in my household. Uh, we live in Ace's world and Cujo's world. That's our two dogs. Uh, and uh, Ace's world is very different than Cujo's world. Uh, Ace came second. Cujo was our first born uh, puppy. And uh, so whenever we put out food for the dogs at the same time every day, uh, we get the two bowls. Uh, Cujo's bowl is about this big because he is a long-haired dachshund. Not, not a very big dog. Uh, the other dog, Ace, his bowl is about this big because he is a Nova Scotia duck towing retriever, which kind of looks like a golden retriever about that size. Uh, and, um, you know, he gets double the amount of food that the little dog gets. So uh, we come in at six o'clock every night. We have to wait because the dogs start barking about five because uh, they know that the time is getting near. Uh, and we put the food down. Cujo, the little dachshund, goes up. He looks at the food. He goes over. He looks at Ace's food. And then he goes and lays down and takes a nap. Uh, Ace, he goes... He sits there until I tell him to go. He's got drool coming out, just going nuts. He can't wait. He's kind of trying to get from where he is to get to the bowl as fast as he can. When I say his name, he goes as fast as he can. He scarfs up all the food and it's gone. Cujo's still taking a nap over there. Um, it used to be when Ace was a puppy that he would try to go eat Cujo's food because he's like, well, if there's more, I want more. I want more. I want all I can get. But now uh, he, he has learned that that's Cujo's. He has his, and he needs to let Cujo eat his food. But he will sometimes go lay down in front of it and wish that it would hop out of the bowl into his mouth uh, with that. Uh, and then for the next 24 hours, Cujo will go to his bowl whenever he would like eat his food, go back, take a nap, come back a little later, eat some more. Maybe he'll get real hungry and he'll eat a lot of it, finish it up. Sometimes he still has food left over for the next, the next feeding time. Two different worlds uh, that we live in. This week, though, we had the joy, have the joy of dog sitting. My mother-in-law's chihuahua. Um, you know, Chihuahua, even smaller than the Dachshund. This has turned Ace upside down because now there cannot possibly be enough food for all three of those dogs. And man, he's trying to get everybody's food. He's trying to get all of it because he doesn't trust that there's enough for us all. Uh, ha have you ever kind of felt that way? In life, uh, Jesus is reminding us here on the Servant on the Mount that we live in two kingdoms. We should be seeking the kingdom of God above all else. Uh, 
But so many times we seek the kingdom of the world. I mean, it's been going on since page one of uh, the Bible in Genesis. God gives us everything. He gave Adam and Eve the whole world and all the animals and all the fruits. And he said, you know what? Uh, And all the food, he said, you know what? you can rule everything. This is your kingdom. You can do it all. And now you get to choose whether or not you want to follow my way or do your own way. And of course, ever since the beginning, we've all been trying to do our own way. And we think we know better than God's way. And so instead of seeking God's kingdom, we seek our own, don't we? Jesus there in Matthew 7 says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks on the door it will be open. The problem is when what usually we're seeking is for our own benefit. Right? We keep on seeking for us. We keep on seeking my way and not God's way. As we go through uh, and read here in Matthew 6, over and over it says, uh, don't worry about everyday life, whether you will have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food or barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a moment a single moment to your life. All of our worries in the world are all because we're seeking the other kingdom of the world instead of God's kingdom. We don't believe God is going to give us enough. And we've got to get more and more and more and seek more and more and more. And if, if you don't know this, Remember back to the great, great toilet paper famine of 2020. Was it 2020? Uh, whatever year that was. People would come out of the grocery store and the only thing that they had in their cart was big, huge things of toilet paper. Because why? They didn't think it was going to be enough. And that's a picture of humanity in a nutshell, is when we don't believe and trust in the kingdom of God that there's not going to be enough, then we just get in fights, we get in free, we get all the toilet paper. uh, We went into Sam's one day, and they had just delivered toilet paper at Sam's. The whole back wall of Sam's was toilet paper. I mean, from that side all the way to that, that was all toilet paper from the bottom to the top. And you know what people still did? They put 700 rolls in their thing because they didn't think there was going to be enough. But the amazing thing that happened during the great shortage of everything in 2020 was that God's people, instead of thinking there wasn't going to be enough. They shared what they had with others. Uh, It was amazing on uh, Facebook, church groups would say, hey, uh, this, this store has this. Do you need it? I'll go get it for you, and I'll bring it to your house. 
Uh, do you need toilet paper? I've got four million rolls. Uh, I'll bring it to your house. Uh, they would sit out on the street and they'd have all those different things that people were hard to find and say, you can have this because that is living in the kingdom of God. That is seeking God's kingdom above all else. That is not worrying about, that's who we are as followers of God is that we follow a God who is generous and loving and that's who we are to be as well. And so we need to be a people who believe that God is enough. And all that we've ever needed, guess what? God has always provided. And the reason that the church grew so abundantly after Jesus' resurrection was because they lived this out and they shared everything with one another. And people go, this is a different kind of kingdom than Rome. This is something I want to be a part of because it's different than the world. The question is, will we be a people that believe God's got us and God is enough and God is bigger than any problem and any worry and any strife and together we can do it. We can put off all the fear uh, that there's not going to be enough and serve together and be who God is calling us to be. There's a lot of fears out there in the world, and there's going to be more fears. There's going to be the great toothpaste shortage of 2029. I'm not a prophet. I'm not saying that's really going to happen. But there's going to be more shortages. There's going to be more problems. There's going to be hurricanes. There's going to be wars. There's going to be threat of wars. There's going to be times when we can't uh, get something. But together as the body of Christ, we put off those fears and believe that God, my God, is big enough for me and for you and for my neighbor. And that's why Jesus came into the world, to remind us that... All those fears can be cast out because our God is enough. What are you seeking in life? Is it stuff? Is it things? Is it stomping on everyone to get ahead of everybody else? That's not God's kingdom. What are you seeking? Is it God and God's love and love of your neighbor? Then you, you are living in the kingdom of God and not in the kingdom of the world. Allow a generous God to make you a generous, loving person. Amen.